Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Church podcast. And this week we're talking all about setting a vision for 2021. Now, 2020 has been a bit of a crazy year. I think we can all safely say that it didn't really go as we planned. But that's okay, uh, because actually we can still work hard on setting a new vision for 2021. But that does mean we might have to think about it slightly differently. And uh, Lee and I dive deep into that conversation in terms of goal setting and things like that. Before we get started with that conversation, just want to let you know that we have launched a membership platform. So you can become a Thinking Church member. And when you do that, what you get access to is uh, all of our facilitation we are putting on in video form which you can then access. You can watch uh, walkthroughs of our facilitation. You can download the charts that we use when we're on site or if we're facilitating online with, with, uh, with churches. And you can then go and run that with your team. And for churches, especially if you can't afford to, you know, get a facilitator to your church, put them up, feed them all, you know, pay for petrol, all those kind of things, then actually uh, this can be a really, really great option for you. The pricing is £19.99 a month or for a year's subscription, it's £199.99. So great value. uh, And already we've got three courses up. We've got loads more that are coming really, really soon. And they're things that are going to make a significant change and impact to your church. One of those is about setting action plans. And uh, that will be coming up really, really soon. So uh, just go to our website, www.thinking.church, and click the membership um, uh, on the menu at the top, and you can have a little explore about it. Okay, on to vision planning for 2021. Let's dive into the conversation that Lee and I had about vision setting. I've got things on silent. I've actually already hit record, so... If you haven't got things on silent, then the world is going to know. I can obviously cut this out, but we you, we don't want to be doing that. I think I think we're good. I think we're good. Uh, hello, Lee. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you, Chris. And how are you? I'm excellent. You know what? It's uh, it's a nice grey day in Gloucester, and uh, I'm sure the sun is shining behind those clouds, and that's what gives me hope. The sun and is shining wonderfully here. Well, that's because of the, all of that uh, southernness that you have in Southampton. <laughs> yeah, that 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 that's what's making it improve. You're basically France. That's what you're trying to tell me. Oh, if if uh, yeah, if, if if only we were abroad right now. That but, would be uh, nice. well, but, or but, not. Maybe but there we go. Or I mean, not. To be fair, for, for where I live, I, 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 I can pretty much see the cruise ships from where I am. So, 
um, at the, the holiday that could have been uh, floating around in front of me. And, and, the, and the, me. the year that could have been, I think, is probably what we're all thinking now, because uh, 2020 has been one of those years that we many people may wish to forget. But, you know, we're in this year and, you know, things have happened, I think is probably fair to say in this year. That yeah. um, things happened that we probably didn't expect, and I think this is a good good time to talk about goal setting because I think when we when we started setting goals in the beginning of 2020, I don't think 2020 went how we expected it to. No, let, let's face it; it sounded great when everybody was like going, "Oh, we've got a 2020 vision," um, you know, nice and twee. Um, everybody knows what one of those is sounded excellent just quick question out there like how how many people have still been able to achieve uh what what they set out to do in this time so i think you know it's, it's a good time to actually look at what it's like to put a vision in place as you plan um that one against circumstance and environment and other things that happen you can probably still push forward with um but you know even at this point we're all about 2021 now and we're all kind of like hoping for something different but hope is not a strategy so what do we do chris what do Uh, we do what we do is we take that phrase and put it on a t-shirt with with your name underneath it i think um uh, so I think that's that's the first thing. But but secondly, I think probably what we need to do is before we get started with thinking about you know setting a twenty twenty one vision, we probably need to kind of define our terms to begin with. Um, so Lee, what do we mean by vision when we talk about that? Because I think vision is a church word that is highly used and less often understood. And I think it can be very easily confused with mission as well. So let's kind of define terms to begin with. Yeah, so mission very broadly is what we see that's wrong with the world. And vision is what the world would look like when we've solved that problem. Yeah. I Very, very broadly. So, yeah. you know, vision vision is speaking to the thing that we see that is not yet. Whereas mission is more about the, uh, you know, what we are going to do about the problem that we see in the world. The vision is the description of what the world would look like after we achieve it. So actually, as we're moving forward, you can... You know, the the mission might not change as frequently, but the vision is updated consistently um, over time. That yep. would be my broad one sentence, keep it short uh, way to, well, to, to put that together. Mine would be to um, to go back to, uh, you know, I, I refer to uh, when I talk about mission statements to, to go to a, a desert island. I'll call it strategy island. Shall we call it strategy island? And, I like um, this place. You're making me, you reminded me of holidays I'm not going on again. Though, yes, Chris. so I apologise to do that. So, um, uh, but you go to Strategy Island, and uh, and it's a bit like the island with Bear Grylls, uh, and you you kind of 
land on this island and there's you know rainforest in the middle of the island as per all good islands and how they should be and you need to go and find some water and all you know is go north for water so you've got a compass so your mission statement is that go north for water that's your mission so as long as you're going north that's fine so but that doesn't that's great but you what you also need is a vision and your vision is as far as you can see and it's as far as you can see because where you are is where you are and your vision is where you need to go next yes so uh so and you can you can cascade that as far as you can see so you know if you can see let's say a coconut tree or a um you know a washed up piece of plastic or something um you you say let's go to the coconut tree and that is your vision essentially that's as as simple as it gets that that's going to help you go towards go north for water um that's what a vision is does that does that make sense yeah and I think there's um the you know we start we start hitting on straight away the element of actually if you're there and people are with you, if you declare that, it's also probably in sight of the other people who are with you that they understand it. It's not so close that it's really that obvious that you start creating boredom and apathy towards what you're about to do uh, because that's that's that in itself is kind of like a, a distress because people kind of like feel it it doesn't make any impact it's not really achieving much what we're doing but it's also not overstating something that's so far off that nobody's got an understanding of what you're defining um, which again is another type of distress which is more you know it's too much so what we're looking for is that thing that's the sweet spot that what you've just stated is um, focuses, uh, that it's rational, um, and that it actually takes a step to that broader mission um, and actually has people with that kind of like the, the positive stress that comes in the situation um, of going, oh, there's enough here for me to engage with without it being overwhelming. And actually, I feel that we're achieving as we move towards it. Um, it's a good, a sunny, a sunny place to be. Uh, we'll continue with the holiday theme, um, but less puns than we did last week with Christmas. Yeah, yes. Well, we can only hope. We can only hope. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get into that thing about setting a goal that's maybe too long term. Why do people set really long term goals? I've heard before. I remember sitting in a leadership seminar. Um, and they talked about a church that set a hundred-year goal. Um, why is that too long? Or can we set a hundred-year, a hundred-year mission vision? Um, or, or is it's, just that too long? It, what it, it's nice to have a goal, isn't it? Um, and it's good to be long-term thinking. But like for for what people are engaging with, like is that near field enough? that they're going to see things what are the markers on the way like I I would suggest that yes somebody's seeing something that's very far off you know you're talking about intergenerational it's going to go beyond your own lifetime easily if you've got something that big that grand which which is great but if there's a whole bunch of people who will never live to see it 
um, we also need to tie it back that there's got to be some things that people are going to be able to mark off and understand along the way. Like it can be demotivating to have something that big, that far off. It sounds, it sounds grand, it sounds great, but also what does progress look like towards it? How are we actually, um, what's, what's the understanding of what that means now? Something's got to be happening now. We can't wait 100 years um, yes. to see the result of it. Well, my thought is that if you set a 100-year goal, um, so let's say we're, you know, 100 years ago, it was 1920. And in 1920, there was no concept of the internet. Uh, you know, travel between countries was limited. You know, air travel for the masses was probably... I, I mean, I, I'm not very good with my history, but was relatively... No, I don't, I don't think we were quite into um, the realms of mass commercial flight. Um, but, yes, those but, points, but... But, but, neither, but also, you know, World War I had just finished. World War II wasn't even thought of yet. So there's a lot of things that has happened in, you know, in 100 years that I'm not sure that the world will just be in an entirely different place in 100 years' time from now. So I think setting a goal that is that long obviously sounds ridiculous. But also I think, you know, even if you go 10 years in the future, 10 years is a long time in today's world because the yeah. world is just changing so rapidly. That's and it. I, and that, I think you, you, could, you, you could easily lose context and you could easily lose specificity of what you're defining and what you're saying. Because some of those things are going to shift, that it could be too broad and too general, that what does it even look like to achieve that? Um, you know, we could have said 25 years ago, we could have said that we were going to have a church that reached 5,000 people. If you were in a town of 200, people would think you were mad because the church hadn't, the, the, the town wasn't that big. But actually, with the invention of technology that's happened in that time and online forums, that actually, you know, church in that sense to to gather people around a message and have a broad reach is now achievable but actually pe people could have been put off by what you were saying because they didn't see it and i believe the space for you know like those kind of like uh, the prophetic input that sees things that are detailed in such a way that are beyond our understanding at this present time and they have enormous value into the life of a church um, about what we're doing but actually we are working with people and we are got this sense of gathering and we're trying to self-organize around achieving something people need to understand it we don't want to stress them we want to make it achievable That goes into our our next thought is you know there's a problem with overly long-term goals but there's also a problem with overly ambitious goals as yeah. well what can happen if you make a goal too ambitious um 
you can miss it by a mile and people will leave because people get put off if it if it didn't happen i i worked with uh you know uh, a church that was relatively um healthy relatively small as well and they were laying out a 2020 vision about 10 years ago that they would be a church of a thousand by 2020 and realistically over that decade they increased by 50 if that as well as a lot of transition Mm -hmm. which did you know so maybe overall the number of people through in that time was quite high but they didn't achieve it we're now in 2020 and you know none of that was accounted for that was it was too much to bite off if you were church averaging 100 to think that your growth would be at that rate over over that period it was an overly ambitious goal and you know even despite covid that that's now a church in quite considerable decline because mm-hmm. they were gearing towards physical space they were gearing towards a thousand and obviously that's not what's at play right now um and people feel that they haven't followed given time and resource financially they've invested into something and they feel let down they they can feel you know we're dealing we're dealing with um uh we're dealing with people we're dealing with emotion and if they don't feel that you know if they feel that they've been led to expect something and then it doesn't happen so do you know what i mean it's like it's that 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 level of um statement some churches can make it and say things like that but they are fewer um in number do you know what I mean? It's not the norm to be making an expression or a statement like that. So I think the thing is, is that, you know, as you were saying before, you know, vision is like, what is an appropriate next step? What is a thing that I can define, that I can get people to see and understand, um, that we can move them towards while still fulfilling something overarching? And it's aiming towards, say, you know, growth rather than a numerical target um which you know probably company brings us on to chris do you want to explain it this has got a fancy name this is good hearts law yes um, that, that we tip into a bit here uh but like chris chris just explain to us um what what that is and probably speaks a little bit to this you know oversized uh goals that we might put in place yeah so uh good hearts law um, is a law that says this, that when a metric becomes a target, it ceases to become a good measure. I'll say it again. So um, when a metric becomes a target, it ceases to become a good measure. That basically yeah. means that when you set a numerical goal, um, it doesn't actually show that So what it was meant to measure when that becomes a target, it's not actually become a good measure of, of what you're doing. What it's become is it just shows how well you are at, how good you are at hitting a, a number. It actually is not now measuring anything. 
so for instance if you want to you know many people want to lose weight and they say i just want to lose you know five pounds and um and but actually when that becomes the target the the whole point of why weight measuring weight is important is because it's there to it's a it's a gauge of health and but when it becomes a target it's now no longer becoming the gauge of of health because it's now you're because it's so open to abuse because now it's about reaching that target that you will yeah you you can do anything to as long as you reach that target things start to become fair game especially when you put a a a time boundedness around that i want to lose five pounds by holiday then suddenly you'll try all sorts of things and what was the measure initially about health is now you you may be very unhealthy and have lost those five pounds it's now no longer a good measure at all yeah also i'd add in that um in some instances it's too easy to game the system at that mm-hmm. point like actually once you set when something uh once the measure becomes the target people will actually learn to game the system to meet that target something maybe we see slightly more commercially certainly something we've witnessed with um clients in other areas not just in in church environments but actually people will do all sorts to meet those target um sorry meet those numbers when they become the target as opposed to actually sustaining um you know good practice and going for health and things that can be sustained and you know that's one of our 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 distinctives here at thinking church is we we will talk about you know growing and we will talk about things and about you know what what things can impact your numbers but actually everything we do is about healthy church it's about healthy people it's about healthy church it's about healthy leadership actually you it's about getting sustained health not growth per se um and then that way you know if you're a church of 100 and you're super healthy that is great and that is good kingdom and that's great stewardship um but others the way they are churches of a thousand if that's you know that could be good health and great stewardship as well uh, but actually, it's about what needs to be in place to sustain your health at those points. And yeah, that's certainly what we want to be about. And that's when you know church church statistics become really helpful because actually, if if you're aiming to be healthy and you're setting targets around that, then rather than using numerical targets, then you can still use the t- statistics. Statistics don't cease to be important in fact they become more important because now they are the gauge of health rather than the target and the the, the, the means to the end um and i think that's a lot better way about thinking about statistics metrics yeah. all those kind of things and so we need i think the the main thing is that you know if there are churches listening to this who have set themselves you know numeric targets you know they can be easily gamified like you said or suddenly you know i've noticed before you you start to reinterpret what you felt like you mean by that you know say you know that the church that was a hundred and said it'll be a thousand people in four years or something you know suddenly you're going well you know 
people that walk by the church, I guess that counts as attendance. You know, that, you know, suddenly you start to redefine. I know it's a silly example, but you're starting to redefine what you mean and you start to actually lose the meaning of what you're trying to achieve in the, in the first place because it's so important to reach this number, but the numbers actually cease to become uh, helpful. So what yeah. we do well, then... Let, oh, carry on. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'll just to give an example for those people listening because you might you might still be like going i'm not sure where this kind of like lands this client example that i have in mind and you know you might have heard me talk about this before was we we had a client and um in their particular instance this person was handling a lot of complaints within this organization um, and the work that they were doing and we were brought in by somebody else to do some work to work on why there were complaints and how we could best provide information to stop the complaints but ultimately we put forward a solution and it didn't it didn't work what it came back to is the person who took the complaint calls um had no interest or vested interest in lowering that number because their metrics of how well they were doing was down to how many calls they answered that were complaint calls so when somebody was there like they were setting it they, they instead of like going reducing the number of complaints is what we want to do and we want to create health within the organization and what we're doing this person actually their performance was judged on how many complaints they handled so if it went up they were seen to be performing better now that that's a, a weird one because they were kind of like they had no no interest in seeing this number go down because they were gaming it for their own benefit. Um, you know their performance and whether they were going to get a promotion or pay rise just dealt with how, how many how many of these problem calls that they took. Now the thing is is that we can we can end up with ministries and other areas in church life that are like this as well, where um, actually you know we want to get people to help, but if we've got a ministry that deals with people who need a certain level of care or support, how long before actually by moving them through and moving them on means that we're no longer required. We keep people in a place where they need our service too long because we don't move them off to health. So it can creep in in other areas of what we do with ministry and things as well. And we do have to keep, we do have to check ourselves on stuff like that to make sure that actually the value in it is actually having this available as a service, not that it has to be always 100% utilised. So, you know, if we've got these ministries, we've got these things, if we can handle and work with people who are in need and um, maybe going through extreme situations, that's great. But ultimately, the, 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 the aim of that is to have such health that nobody needs those services not have such a demand that we have to create more of them um so it can it can creep in it's just something to be mindful of Let's move on to talking about the different frameworks, uh, and we'll just touch on on a few of them. The frameworks that exist for goal setting. Um, the first one is really, really famous, 
Um, and Lee, I would like you to sort of talk about it because I know that you're not a massive fan of it and that's SMART objectives. Uh, talk, talk us through SMART and then your, your, your thoughts on it. Well, so the, the, thing, the, thing with, um, the thing with SMART is it is um, it's very common. And I, I think the thing that comes with that is, is that it's also, um, it's become a bit cliched, it's a bit overused and sometimes misunderstood. So I think then it becomes inappropriately uh, used. So SMART is, stands for specific. So this is when we come up with something, we're gonna make it specific. Um, so it's a, you know, an area of improvement, measurable, quantity at least at least an indicator of progress uh assignable um who will do it realistic um which is when um given and you know and sometimes resource um, and then it has to be time bound so it has to have a time frame within which it will um happen as well but the thing is, is that we use them really, really broadly. We do it with personal stuff. We do it with large scale project stuff. Um, they're not always uh, a great uh, draw for people. They, again, they can be gamed. You know, you put things down that you know you're going to hit and smash out of the park, um, which means that you went for something that was too easy. And then other people make them too hard and that tilts them into stress. Uh, and off you go. Um, I think they've kind of had their day a bit. Um, and I think there are probably slightly better ways in which we can like galvanize um, teams around making progress. Um, but it is one that it is a framework and actually one when applied will do what it says on the tin. It is something that you can work with and actually in lieu of if you haven't got something else if you were doing these and people stuck to it it's okay it's a bit like doing Myers-Briggs as like a personality thing you know it's you know widely debunked and you know not often uh you know seen maybe uh by professionals in like psychology and stuff the way that it should be seen but but actually it actually does provide a reasonable indicator um and can be useful in certain scenarios um that's how I feel about smart I think okay. they've, yeah, that's that's kind of where they are. But okay, well, I mean, yeah, we'll also leave Myers Briggs for another another day because I think there's some people that you've just, you know, it's like you've kicked their cat. Um, so just, you know, just on on <laughs> that's that. That's um, I, I am not going to say with Myers Briggs. So like, yeah, there's there's lots to be said on that before we just quickly move on it. But I'm not saying actually, it 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 can be useful. It's like the thing when you do anything with any level of modelling. It's like all, you know, all models are wrong, but some are useful. Mm -hmm. I think actually, if something actually genuinely helps you and you are getting something from it, then it is good. So like, yeah. don't dismiss it. But I think it's like, if you, if you make it, if you have this over-reliance as if it's like the, the thing and you're going to grip to it with both hands and not entertain anything else then actually there might be a problem with how much you are doubling down on it um but like you know we use it here we'd never say don't it's a great snapshot indicator to help do some stuff 
I think just be aware that there is more depth to a lot of these things. Um, okay. But yeah, we'll pick up on those another day when we talk. To, we've got some experts going to come on to talk about this in future episodes. Okay, okay, uh, that's fine. But with with Smart, um, I've heard, you can correct me on this, I've heard that Smart is what the Charity Commission are looking for when you're setting your your goals as an organization is that right am i am i missing something yeah yeah yeah. so uh roughly so there's a lot of again because it's a very simple indicator that most people understand and um if you're registering charities these days you'll have seen you can supply um, business plans to go uh with your submission to actually show that you've got an understanding about how you will operate and how you will work look smart fits into that criteria of developing a business plan really nicely and if you are uh, a friends of a school and you're just raising a little bit of cash from a raffle and you're just trying to buy some book bags and things for pupils um, it's probably good enough for what you're doing if you are at the level of being like an oxfam or an international aid charity you're probably looking for something a bit deeper um and maybe something more but even within that you might have teams who could use smart purposefully um and and put it to good use okay uh let's move on to the next one uh it's quite a new one okrs um yes talk us through okrs i know it's from the book there's a book called measure what matters and so you can read that one wherever books are sold uh or wherever books are read audibly in your ears as well um so yes um talk about okrs to me lee so okrs um well basically first off it stands for objective and then the kr is key result okay so the objective is uh basically uh what you are doing and the key result is the measure that's you know in a nutshell um i've i've seen some people writing a bit more recently um around um like a little addition as a descriptor so one lot of um people that i've been reading from um at org hacking um added in a quick w so owkr where they actually use the w to say you know why and they put in a quick statement just a couple of sentences which explains why this goal is the best thing that you could be doing right now to move your strategy forward, which I think is quite neat if you're trying to describe them more broadly within your organization. So you've got the objective, you've got the descriptor around it, and then the key result is you know, what you're going to move to um, and uh, how, how, you, how you'll go forward from there. Um, uh, Chris, you, you've used these as well. Um, yeah. have, have, you got, have you got an example of um, one, one in practice? Um, yes. Uh, so with OKRs, I mean, it's first, first off, the objective is usually something that's very stretching. And I, I guess it probably comes under that sort of smart category where it's, it's something quite specific. Um, or sometimes it can be quite, quite fluffy as well, actually. It can be things like, so um, the book would describe things like, you know, to be the best social media platform in the world, that kind of thing um or the number one you know and then it will say the krs is as measured by and it's these are the things you're going to do over the next 90 yeah. days um so it's it's a it's a framework for saying this is what we want to achieve and this is how we're going to how we're going to achieve it 
Um, so any specific examples? Um, I haven't got any recently actually that come that come to mind. Um, I, but... I was going to say. I mean, I've I've seen it. I've seen it written as. Um, uh, I, um, let me get this right. Where a goal setting framework for thinking big. So, like you say, they are often a little bit more on the audacious yes. side. Um, let's, yeah, I think that would be be a, be a fair fair way uh, to establish it. Um, Tended to be a bit more high level, um, which is why I think sometimes the you know the, like these guys at Org Hacking that I just mentioned that have introduced this W for the for the Y is good because it's like if you can't fully engage with understanding what the objective is, at least you know why you're doing it because you yes. know what it's going to do towards the next next step. But well, I've, I've seen people, yeah. yeah, you know, you're in good, I was going to say, no pun, you're in good company if you use it. This is the kind of um, people that use OKR, uh, it's your Twitter, Dropbox, Spotify, you know, like the, these are the guys that are, are moving on with it. And it is a, it is a, a newer um framework it is a newer framework and it is built around so um i think any team at any level can use okrs um yes. usually what happens is it's built around all okrs are publicly available so you make them publicly available somewhere so anyone or you know at least you know um staff wide or you know for a church you might make that available to all the volunteers or you can make it available completely public as well. This is what this is our objective, and these are our key results. Um, because and that's actually quite crucial to the process because it provides that level of accountability. But then what it also does is rather than it being a cascaded thing where you, you know the top level key results become uh, the next level down's objective, if that makes sense, rather than it nesting yeah. down the levels. Um, you, you don't actually work it that way. You uh, you keep the same objectives and then the key results are different depending on what work you're doing. So you're all working towards one goal rather than it being, um, you know, rather think, than it think, being yeah. the objective is to, you know, grow the church by, you know, doing, you know, opening a building or something like that. And then the next person down says, well, my objective is to open a building by, um, you know creating a plan and the next person says i've got to create a plan but you know it doesn't work like that it doesn't cascade like that no i would say that yeah the okr framework is certainly more around collaborative practice to see them achieved yes it is it, there's certainly an element of an okr is about establishing alignment through a team to get all of the people you know as vectors of delivery are all going to face in the same direction so the OKR is an alignment tool with when it when we talk about this in frameworks um, to get everybody working collaboratively towards that outcome. Whereas I think sometimes smart is often taken on an individual level or a small team level. OKRs are used much more um, uh, for kind of like more say fluid organisations that are like kind of like work the network way where you've got more collaborative. Um, action to see them achieved yeah
Okay, let's move on to 4DX, which is the system by the, uh, this from the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution, which is, I think the X is for execution, which is what, I think 4DX is much cooler than 4DE. I think having that X makes it a bit more cool. Yeah. Um, so 4DX, and that's, it's actually quite a similar framework where um, it's all around um, the difference between setting uh, lead measures and lag measures. So yeah. a lag measure is a uh, something that you achieve, but, but you only know that you can achieve it after the after it's happened. So, for instance, um, to win the game of football by full time would be a lag measure. A lead measure is the things that you can do to achieve that. So, uh, so you say to, uh, so a lead measure would be to play attacking football. I'm not using football analogy, so anyone that doesn't like football, um, just synthesize it into another sport or into another activity. Um, uh, so you can say to play attacking football, to get 10 crosses in um, every match and to... Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's those kind of things, the things that are within your power to do. So that's, so you set a goal that is kind of not within your power and you achieve it by doing the things that are within your power. So that's, and it's like, those are the kind of levers to move the measure. Uh, that's the idea with that one. It's actually quite similar to OKRs. They, they fit quite well. Um, although the different with OKRs is they, um, they they do they are a bit more sort of cascading um so the idea is that you have the organizational one then to achieve that organizational one the next level down in the hierarchy as it were they'd set their their lag measure to achieve the company's lag measure so it all the idea is it all kind of cascades down a little hmm. bit um it's a it's a clever system it comes from the kind of uh uh the Covey School of, uh, of, uh, of Business Management, which is, uh, you know, some great practices that they've, they've come up with and we're sort of indebted to them for that in many, many senses. Uh, um, Lee, what are you, what's your thoughts on 4DX? Um, I've seen this used to great effect in a lot of churches um, and particularly more structured churches and denominations actually have picked up. It's become very popular. Um, I think because it has uh, kind of like um, broad applications, so people will see this in play where they work, as well as maybe where they're volunteering within church settings. Uh, barrier to entry, incredibly low, very easy to understand. I think just like you said, it cascades. The concept of lag measure is very easy to get your head around. Um, really, it's kind of a hybrid of everything that we've discussed so far. Uh, but actually in a format that, you know, if it falls neatly into a two by two grid and it works within a framework, it doesn't actually explain the whole, but it's it, it's close enough for guiding what we really want to do. Um, and people can, can get on board with it quite simply. It's very easy to report on as well. Like you can actually show something at the end of it very clearly for how you take an action and what was done. Um, but again, that's because of the notion of lag measure. So yeah, uh, so our our system that we use with Thinking Church is similar to Four DX. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit. And, and I agree. I think that it's um, I think it's a very valuable 
tool, especially learning about lead measures where it puts things into the control of the person rather than it all about being moving. And I think this is where we come back to Goodhart's law. I think this is yeah. when understanding about lead measures is really helpful because with Goodhart's law, it's all about um, a, a metric and that metric being the problem. Whereas with lead measure, it's all about things that within your control. If we let's do this project or let's achieve that and, and, um, and it's all about what you can do, what's within your power. And I think that's really, really helpful. And it's very empowering for people because they don't have to feel like, because it's really hard to feel like, you know, we want to grow, you know, if you're to take a really bad Goodhart's law example, you know, what Goodhart's law would say not to do, let's grow by a hundred people. Well, what can you do to grow by a hundred? You can't actually make your church grow by a hundred people. Like that's not within your power to do. But you could say we want to grow as a church, and to do that, we will, you know, yeah. invite all of our friends on Facebook to a church service. You know, that is yeah. within your power. But that, guessing that's 100 more people in isn't. Yeah, that's more than that. So now we're talking about like you know invitational strategy or you know how you kind of like you know, you 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 put something like that into play. Actually, what you're aiming to do there is more the objective is to become an ob an invitational church yes absolutely yeah uh, by which then you can do stuff yeah so yeah no I, I agree with you wholeheartedly it's like yeah no remove the number out of it and expect that health will lead to growth but um it's actually go 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 for what's healthy first and actually it, the thing is I mean, it messes with the way that um internally most of us are wired to view things mm -hmm. um where where we you know most of most of what we're surrounded with looks like it's based on like you know numbers and figures and yeah. you know that's that's the driver but actually if you if you come back down to the, the the principles of it as we've spoken about in past episodes like that that's actually what we're we're, we're trying to get in place through all of this yes that's right okay um the fourth one i mean there are many others but the fourth one i just want to hit on is agile i know it's a word yeah. that gets banded about so often and we say oh, oh we need misused. to be agile and agile is actually a defined term. And I know there are other things like Scrum and things like that, which are kind well, of part of it. Yeah. But we'll get, let's not get into that. Let's, let's just go for agile for now. And maybe we'll hit on the other ones like Scrum and things like that on another day. So let's talk about yeah. agile. So I think the thing is we've got to remember that ad agile as like an overarching thing is more a manifesto. It's about how it actually some simple guiding principles of how to do stuff born out of doing a lot of software development um and so you know it's about individuals and interactions over processes and tools that's great things i think you know we have to remember that um uh, scrum kanban and lean are ways of working an agile methodology i see so that's, okay that that's the relationship so some people, this is this is where I think it gets confusing for people, is that they will say, you know, oh, we work agile, and then like it's like we did Scrum, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like yeah, yes and no um, to those little bits. So like Scrum, Kanban, Lean are the, are the ways of working, and Agile is this manifesto. So you know, the, the Agile manifesto of um, of how they're doing something was, um, you know, and it says you know collaboration over contract negotiation um responding to change over following a plan it's the principles of how you're going to do something so 
you you might actually want as a church to have um you know maybe elements of the agile manifesto fit what you're talking about is it a methodology per se in its own right like the other ones we've spoken about maybe not quite the same um, it's actually more the practice that you know it's it's how we play it's the rules by which you're going to do something and this is where we would say actually it's the, the more the guiding principles of how we operate actually when we do stuff we will and it might say you know we will uh, we will measure what matters we will go for um health not growth we will you know it's the it's that kind of essence so i think it's kind of you know a little column a a little column b you might want to pick a bit of both um agile as a manifesto as a principle of operating i think could be borne by a lot of churches successfully um but i think it's yeah to understand that it's it's a term that's used poorly in a lot of situations um, but actually it's, it's the principles by which we will work and do what we're doing um, so I think it's kind of like if you pick from this you're still using some of the other frameworks we've talked about to 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 apply it um, you're probably using a bit of everything but you know we talk about real world practice having come from kind of a corporate background of doing consultancy having worked agile it's a little bit like when we used to work in other methods like waterfall or prince too and these kind of like more project management related things actually what i always saw in real world practice was never purely one system in play i always saw bits borrowed from others to actually see things move forward and be successful mm -hmm. so you know let's be eyes wide open to it it's like yes we've got the way that we want to operate but we will we're looking for good practice that's light and easy to bear for the people who are going to do it that doesn't make people feel disempowered doesn't take away decision making from those that need it that actually allows us to move forward with purpose that's what we're aiming for um and actually you know we it, it, it will always be a mix it will always be a mix Well, it's probably worth um, explaining what our methodology that we use at Thinking Church is, because uh, it's it's a bit of like it is a bit um, it's a mix of both and a mix of all yeah. really, and it's it it takes from OKRs and from 4DX, and there's some agile methodology or uh, philosophy in there as well. So this is absolutely our, our methodology is setting a non numerical three to five year goal and we're very yeah. we're really key on it being non-numerical um so we'd rather help churches think about setting maybe it's a, uh, a project that it's we want to achieve this by three to five years so something like uh, a new building could be something that that's a, that's project based um yeah or it could be you know we want to we want to be healthy within five years now that seems a little bit fluffy so what we do is make sure that we back that up by some statistics that would would measure that yeah um, what does health look like for us and getting a definition of it that's right and even if it's a growth goal 
uh, we want to we'd still look to get some some statistics around that now this is probably where um, my methodology to, to help people understand this is that when you're setting if you're going to set a goal of growth that is that's not a bad thing in and of itself at all um, but what you've got to define is what is the kind of uh, okay, I, I use a, I'm going to use a football example again. So, or, you know, if you're listening to this and you hate football, put it into any other, you know, example of sport or, or whatever. But in, in football, the, the, the aim isn't to win 5-0. You only have to win 1-0. So when it comes to growth, I only want to know from a church what's actually 1-0. So how, how far what's the least amount of growth you need to make for you to feel like you've grown? Yes. Because actually that's all that actually matters. If you're saying you want growth, whereas if you're saying you want this crazy growth, that might be like a 10 nil win and 10 nils good, but only it's only the one nil that really matters because it's, it's only the one nil that makes you sure is certain that you've won the game. So yep. that's all I want to know. So when we're talking about three to five year goals, if it's a growth goal, I want to know what's the one nil on it. I don't want to know what the 10, 10 nil is. If you hit the 10 nil, then, you know, high fives all round and, you know, we can all have a party. Um, but what's one nil? I think that's, that's most important. So that's our three to five year goal. Then what we do is we, uh, we, we get churches to set a one year goal or a 12 month goal. And the, the thing about this is it, it's only one goal. So actually for three to five year goal and 12 month goal, it's only one thing. So rather than say, we want to achieve this and this and this, no, 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 one focus, one goal. What is the one thing that you want to achieve in the next three to five years? And then in the next 12 months, what is the one thing that's going to take you forward to be able to achieve that so rather than we want to achieve this and this and this over the next year because actually when you've got like you can only actually really have one focus uh so if in that one year just set one focus to help you reach your three to five year goal Uh, so that's that's really important and then so we have a three to five year goal we have a 12 month goal to achieve that and um, and you can start as well to start projecting. Okay, so in year one we'd need to do this. That means probably in year two will be that. Probably year three will be that. And those things can be fluid as you as you move on. Uh, and the last thing you need to set is a is quarterly tasks. And these are the things that are very much like in the four DX method. They are very much um, what you can do. So it's very much uh, those lead measures. So you know what's within our control over the next ninety days that we can do to achieve that 12 month goal. Um, so it's a three to five year goal, a one year goal and quarterly tasks. Yep. Absolutely. Great. No, and it's, it's, yeah. And it's definitely putting it in that frame of, I think a little bit um, back with uh, the agile way of working, which we just touched on is um these are still results focused um, to the degree that completing these is important. Uh, but also that actually anything that ha- anything that happens, you know, like kind of like failure along the way is um, wrapped up and brought into the process and moved on from positively 
as well. Mm-hmm. So actually, this is about it's about the kind of like fail forward. It's about um, being adaptive. Uh, it's about doing things. You know, although you've got some longer term stuff, you've got the short term iterations and learning as we go. That's that's what it's about. So it's this kind of like you know, we also will improve as we go, continuously improving. Um, but like Chris, like when it when it comes to it, you know, I just said about you know, it's it's a results thing Mm -hmm. you know not for results for results sake but actually completing these goals is important you know contextualize that for us as a church putting this into practice well think about it this way if you set a goal and you say to your church hey church this is our goal for the next year and then you don't achieve it next time that you come around to setting another goal hey church we know we didn't complete that one but here's our new goal the problem what that's going to do is it's going to reduce your church's threshold for whether they think you're going to complete it next time so their tolerance has just gone down their trust in you has gone down just that little bit and the more you don't achieve stuff and normally what happens in churches is they is churches launch this big grand vision and then you don't hear about it and it never gets reported on or um or even we're really sorry we didn't complete it. You know, it just never gets spoken about again. And then the new vision gets launched. And the problem is, is that um, it just, it just like the trust gets worn down and worn down over time because what you're saying, you're not actually achieving. So it's really important that if you set a goal, that you achieve that goal because the next time that it comes around to setting a new goal and that you can actually then say to your church, this is something we were going to go for. And the church, your church congregation can say, yes, we know that when, when our leaders say we're going to go for something, we're going to go for it. And because of that, that is going to encourage people in your church to put their resources behind it, put their time behind it, put their ambition behind it, you know, put their prayer behind it, because actually it's something that they feel like this is not going to be something that's going to be forgotten in six months time and just kind of be swept under the rug, but it's actually something that's going to be uh, a focus and we're actually going to go for it and achieve it. So I think it's that sense of trust and, and with all of these things, I think it's so important that we don't erode trust in our congregations by not achieving it or just even worse, just not talking about it. And then, and then people are kind of wondering uh, whether that's, even you know a thing anymore so i think achieving your goals is just absolutely vital yeah absolutely um and this is stuff for those listening that chris and i put in place for what we do at thinking church as well and for what we have in place with our sister organizations and the other work that we're involved in um and you know we actually go with our own processes internally. So this isn't something that we're bringing uh, that we don't use ourselves. This is something that we're learning um, live as well. So anything that we glean as we go gets fed into this whole thing as we help people put it into practice. And we're we're trying to build um, community of you uh, that are all that are listening to this this is about having some feedback from you as as well um about what works what doesn't work um you know maybe where you've gone 
we tried this and you know this didn't work or we didn't hit that like we have a community here of people who are willing to share because this is ultimately about kingdom purpose reaching people for christ and doing that with deliberatively you know we're doing that on purpose at the end of all of this this is about reaching people and um that that message that we want to get out there that we see people's lives transformed that's that's why we're doing this so if there's any of these topics if there's any of the stuff that we're talking about and you're listening to it going you know maybe it feels a bit like you're switching off to it or you're not quite sure where it lands or you've had problems with things or actually you've had great success with things look speak to us we'd love to showcase your conversations and your stories to help others who have been who are in similar situations right now Uh, so please feel free to drop us a line contact on social media send us an email let us know um, what it is and we will also then create content and get people on and build things to uh, uh to, to what you need and where you're at um, to help you in in just building kingdom that's what it's about yeah absolutely i 100 percent agree with that lee i think that's probably a good place to stop it for the day thank you so much for uh, for speaking with us oh thank you as always chris this is a highlight of my week Ah, oh, excellent. And mine too. Mine too. Especially uh, your witty jokes. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Well, a massive thank you to you also, listener, for joining us. Uh, it's always great to have you along. Don't forget that our membership site is now open. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church. Click membership on the menu at the top and you can have a little browse around and have a look at the courses that we've got available. Uh, We will be back uh, next week with another podcast. Looking forward to that. So see you next week.